This classic Encounters podcast is brought to you by Encounters North. To learn more about our podcast videos and projects and to support our work, please visit EncountersNorth.org. Hi, I'm Richard Nelson for Encounters, a program of observations, experiences, and reflections on the world around us. The bald eagle is one of the most widely recognized birds in the world. It was adopted as the official emblem of the United States in 1787. The image of the bald eagle is constantly around us on silver dollars, 50 cent pieces, quarters. It's on the bills in your wallet. It's on stamps. Bald eagles are also on the great seal of the United States and on many of the seals of other states and, of course, the state flags. And you see bald eagles in thousands of commercial contexts, selling everything from four-wheel drive cars to insurance to beer. But I'll tell you what, no emblem, no glossy photograph, no documentary film comes anywhere close to the emotional power of seeing a bald eagle cleave down through the unbridled freedom of the sky. And that is exactly what I'm seeing at this moment in the most beautiful situation imaginable. There's an eagle coming down out of a clear blue sky over the Chilkat River in southeast Alaska, sailing down on great, broad, set, flat wings. I can see the tips of its wing feathers catch every subtlety and every nuance in the air. As it comes down, drops its golden feet and settles on a sandbar straight across the Chilkat River from where I'm standing. And it's now next to the water, beautifully reflected in mirror calm water. And its image is surrounded by the reflected image of the mountains beyond. 5,000 foot high ridge of rocky snow-covered mountains along the far side of the Chilkat Valley. When I turn around the other way, I can see much closer looming mountains about the same height, rocky, vertiginous, sheer-walled mountains. I'm standing just at the edge of an alder thicket so that I'm not all that visible to the eagles that are on the other side of the river. About 40 yards away, there are three other eagles besides the one that just landed. Two of them are sitting on pieces of driftwood, so they have a little bit of an elevation above the level of the gravel and sandbars, and another one is just sitting on the sandbar itself. And one of those three eagles is working on a salmon carcass. And just a few minutes ago, that eagle waded out into the edge of the river wrapped one of its feet around that salmon carcass and pulled it up out of the water onto the shore. Right next to the eagle, there are two magpies, black and white, long-tailed, beautifully contrasted colored, and there's also a gull standing by. They're all kind of waiting to see if that eagle will move away. They're hoping they might get a little tidbit. The eagle is bending down right now and tearing a piece off that salmon. The eagles gather here along the Chilkat River between the towns of Haines and Klukwan every fall and early winter. There are just upstream from where I'm standing, and I know this because I just counted them this morning, 
about 1,200 bald eagles. And I counted them all standing in one spot with my binoculars, one at a time. Man, I'll tell you, my arms were aching by the time I'd counted up those eagles. But that gives you an idea of the numbers of eagles that gather here. This is the Alaska Chilkat Bald Eagle Reserve. It's about 30 miles long, about three miles wide. It was established along the Chilkat River to protect the forest and riverine habitat that's essential for eagles and for the salmon that they live on. The first thing you notice as I look across here at the bald eagles, now two of them very close to that salmon carcass, one on it and the other one kind of edging in in a loping sort of hunchbacked gait. It looks a little bit like a vulture. The first thing you notice about them is their size. It's one of North America's most impressive birds. Bald eagles have a wingspan up to seven and a half feet. The females are significantly larger than the males. The female weighs 10 to 14 pounds. The male a little bit smaller, generally eight to 10 pounds. And the male and females are identical in color. The adults are dark black in their body and of course the brilliant white head and tail. They have feathered upper legs down to a few inches above their bright yellow feet. And then that great golden sharply hooked flensing beak. The adult bald eagle over here looking at me right now staring along that beak. Brilliant intense eyes as if they're filled with silver gold flakes and pierced by a constricted black pupil. When those eyes stare forward at you, you feel like they could burn a hole right through your body. Young bald eagles, and two of the eagles out here are immature, they are brown, mottled brownish and whitish plumage for the first few years. It's kind of a camouflage color. They're a little harder to see in the trees and against dark surroundings. In the fifth year, they'll molt into that full adult plumage. So the two younger birds, if they survive the winter ahead, are gonna look like that beautiful black and white adult that's perched so elegantly now on the driftwood and it's drooping its wings, that adult eagle. It must have gotten them wet, and so that's one way that they dry their wings. They spread them and droop them just a little bit. Young bald eagles look bigger than the adults. Actually, their body is the same size as an adult eagle, but the young ones have significantly longer feathers. Oh, two bald eagles in perfectly matched flight, almost grabbing each other in flight. Quite a remarkable thing to see as they now sail off on the far side of the river, reflected in the water and banking and almost stalling in the air. The two eagles just like one eagle mirroring the other. Oh, I see what happened. The one was chasing the other and the other one just dropped a piece of fish that it had in its talons. And the one that was chasing it now circles back around, lands and grabs that piece of fish. Ah, a little piracy going on here. Now, as I mentioned, the young eagles have significantly longer feathers than the adults. And these feathers make it easier for them to soar. The young ones are not yet skilled hunters or flyers like the adults. And perhaps these feathers save them some energy and makes it a little more likely that they'll survive the tough times of year, like the middle of the winter. Energy is critical to eagles, and that's why they're out here on this snow-covered landscape. There's just about an inch of snow feeding on all these salmon carcasses, building up energy and fat that they're going to need as this winter goes along. Young bald eagles look a lot like golden eagles. They're similar size. Both species are predominantly brown, but golden eagles live mostly in interior Alaska, whereas the bald eagle is principally a coastal bird. The two species are not closely related, incidentally. Golden eagles belong to the genus Aquila, 
often called the true eagles, and bald eagles belong to the genus Haliaetus, the sea eagles. There are about 60 species of eagles all around the world. Eight of those species belong to that genus of the sea eagles. Bald eagles live in much of the United States and Canada, but they're found mainly along the northwest coast, the northeast coast, and Florida. They're always near water. They like seacoast, they like large lakes, major rivers, sometimes marshes and sloughs. There's a total of about 70,000 bald eagles in North America today. Now about 20,000 of those live in the one Canadian province of British Columbia. And here in Alaska, we have more eagles than anywhere else. An estimated population of at least 30,000 bald eagles. They live all along the Alaska coast from southeast up through Prince William Sound, the Alaska Peninsula, Kodiak Island, and then out the Aleutian chain. And they're also in the interior of Alaska, but not in nearly the abundances out on the coast. Historically, people in the United States have had a sharply mixed attitude toward the bald eagle. On one hand, it's the symbol of beauty and wildness and majesty. And on the other hand, bald eagles have been persecuted along with most other large predatory animals. Thousands of eagles were shot during the first centuries of the United States history. They were accused of taking livestock calves, of competing for fish and small game, or they were just killed because people despised any predator. People killed hawks, owls, mountain lions, wolves, coyotes, grizzlies, along with eagles. And they were disliked, incidentally, for other reasons, some rather curious reasons. Epitomized by the example of Benjamin Franklin, who argued against choosing the bald eagle as our national symbol. He considered this bird to be of bad moral character. He said eagles are dishonest because they sometimes steal food from other birds. And he regarded the eagle as a rank coward, to use his words, because eagles will ignore or retreat from harassing attacks by smaller, quicker birds. That's called mobbing. You've probably seen it, where the birds will go after a hawk, an owl, an eagle, and usually those bigger birds just kind of try to get away from the nuisance. Benjamin Franklin favored the turkey as the national symbol for the United States. He considered it a more noble and respectable bird. Bald eagles are both predators and scavengers, and they're very well equipped for their work. They have amazing eyesight. I imagine this eagle that's staring across the water toward me. You have to think that these eyes are seeing more of you than you can possibly see of the eagle. Their eyes are almost as large as human eyes, although an eagle's body is just a fraction of the size of a human body. Their vision is four to eight times more acute than our human vision. An eagle can see a fish on the surface of the water up to a mile away. Of course, eagles are also gifted flyers. There are two eagles now just floating along in this clear, calm sky, drifting along, not moving their wings. And then I see about six or eight of them flying low, almost in a circle above the riverbed over at the far side of the river. There's drifting veins and filigrees and feathers of very thin, cold weather fog drifting very slowly down along the Chilkat River on this early winter afternoon. They are very, very good flyers. They're surprisingly agile for their size. They can fly 20 to 60 miles an hour and they can dive up to 100 miles an hour. 
Bald eagles have powerful grasping toes and very long needle-sharp scimitar talons. It's their main killing tool. An eagle will come down, grab its prey, and literally squeeze the life out of it with those powerful talons. And if that doesn't work, the single hind talon is used to pierce the prey while it's being held by those three front toes. Now this eagle right across from me is standing on top of its chum salmon, bending down and ripping pieces of flesh out with its beak. It's quite amazing to see an eagle perched in a tall tree suddenly launch out over the water, heading for the glint of a herring that's swirling on the surface maybe a quarter of a mile away. Set those wings, soar out in a long inverted curve, brace against the air, drop its legs, and deftly pluck that fish from the water. Oh, there goes a raven, black, black, shining raven, right over my head here. The two magpies have flown off somewhere to see if they can't find a piece of salmon without an eagle hanging next to it. You can hear the eagles in the background, their chittering, screeching call, classic eagle voices echoing against the mountainsides here. The main diet of the bald eagle is fish, salmon, herring, rockfish along the Alaska coast. In interior Alaska, they eat whitefish, pike, suckers, and other fish species. Bald eagles will also prey on other birds, like gulls and ducks. In fact, waterfowl is the main diet of the bald eagle in some areas. They'll also take small mammals, like rabbits and squirrels, and they love to scavenge on carrion, like our eagle right across the way working on its salmon. They'll also go after moose or deer carcasses, whale or sea lion carcasses that have washed up along the shore. And eagles also do something that the biologists call piracy, to maraud each other for whatever food somebody's after. Lots of that happens out here on the Chilkat River Flats as eagles will sail down at each other, try to intimidate the eagle off of its salmon carcass so that they can snatch it and get their meal. Eagles are not very choosy about what they'll eat. There is one of the most unusual stories of all that you may have heard. It happened in Valdez, and here's a condensed version of the newspaper story. A bald eagle satisfied its hunger at a Valdez gas station, and it snatched up a small dog and flew away. Witnesses said the pet was about five feet away from the RV when the eagle swooped down from a perch in a nearby tree and pounced. Before the owners could react, the eagle circled up and away with the pooch clenched tightly in its talons. The dog gave one yelp, and that was it. The woman owner clutched her hands to her face and cried, Oh my God! Her husband, however, didn't appear to take the dog's departure too seriously. As he walked around the side of the camper, out of sight of his wife, he began to grin and chopped his hands in the air and exclaimed, Yeah! Yeah! Well, on to easier subjects. Eagle romance starts in the early spring. First, the mated pair will refurbish an old nest. You'll see them flying along with big sticks, sometimes three, four feet long, clenched in their talons. And they'll add on to the nest and they'll repair that nest. Most nests are in very big old growth trees. In one southeast Alaskan study, the eagle nest trees were approximately 400 years old and almost always within a couple hundred yards of water because eagles are very water-oriented birds. Bald eagle nests are among the biggest bird nests in the world. The record? A giant old nest down in Florida, nine and a half feet across and 20 feet 
from top to bottom. The estimated weight of that nest was two to three tons. Many bald eagle nests are used for decades, you know, and the birds just keep adding on to them as the years go by. Sometimes the bulk and weight of an eagle's nest will snap or topple that tree that it's located in. I can see a couple of bald eagle nests just looking across the river here. They look like great dark wads or masses fastened alongside the trunk or in the branches of these cottonwood trees here. And the Aleutians, of course, where there are no trees, bald eagles nest on coastal cliffs, on sea stacks, on pinnacles. Southeast Alaska has a very high density of bald eagle nests. In the Juneau area alone, there are about 130 bald eagle nests between Berners Bay and Point Bishop. Bald eagles are monogamous. They probably mate for a long time, possibly even for life. If the mate dies or is killed, it is known that the bereaved will take on another mate eventually. By April, you'll start seeing eagles in spectacular paired flights. Oftentimes these are mating or courtship rituals. Beautiful aerial ballet, the two birds just mirroring each other perfectly. Sometimes they'll even lock talons and fall spiraling down out of the sky toward the water or the land and then they release at the last moment, catch themselves and fly away and rejoin and begin to fly together again. Absolutely beautiful, romantic thing to watch. But you also have to know that sometimes bald eagles will do that when they're being aggressive to each other. I should also mention that bald eagles do not mate in flight. They prefer a nice steady perch or they'll sit right on the nest and mate with each other there. Bald eagles will claim a territory. Often you'll see one bird sitting very conspicuously in a treetop near the nest. That white head is like a warning beacon to other eagles. Stay away from here, it's my territory. They'll also toss their head back and let out these high-pitched staccato cries. That's claiming territory. And these cries that you're hearing in the background right now, in fact, those are eagles being aggressive to each other. And one eagle just out here on the flat came flying down harassed another eagle, landed right next to it, and they had a little bit of an altercation there. And now the one that stayed behind and that has claimed the food is making that cry. That's aggression or get out of here again, my place. In late April, the bald eagle female will lay two or three eggs. She lays them a day or two apart. About a month later, a little fluffy grayish nestling appears in the world. Both the male and the female will hunt and bring food for their chicks. The chicks compete intensely with each other. Now the older, bigger siblings dominate. Remember I said the eagle's eggs are laid a day or two apart? Well, older age means just a day or two, but that earlier hatched one is a little bit bigger. It'll dominate the younger ones, and oftentimes the youngest bird in the nest will die of starvation. Nesting eagles can be very sensitive about human disturbance. Boats, people, especially in wild areas, it can cause the eagle to leave its nest for so long that the embryos or the young will die of exposure. Now around towns, eagles are much more accustomed to human activity and they're much less likely to be frightened off the nest. So it's really important to respect bald eagle nests, especially in wild areas, and stay away from them. Young eagles are ready to fly in about two and a half months. So by late summer or early fall, those mottled brown young birds will start to fly. By that time, they're about as big as their parents. Salmon season in late summer and fall is feast time for bald eagles. They fatten up for the lean winter ahead. 
the world's largest congregation of bald eagles. That's the one that's spread out in front of me right here along the Chilkat River. From October until about February, the eagles gather here because there's a very late run of chum salmon and another late run of coho salmon. And these are combined with reliable open water that's caused by runoff from the Sirku River that runs into the Chilkat. And it creates an area of open water so that the eagles can get these salmon carcasses, like three eagles now just across the river from me. And as I look up and down the stream, scores more along the river that are eating these salmon carcasses. So it's a great bonanza for them. Up to 3,500 bald eagles gather here from the entire region, all around this part of Alaska and the neighboring territories of British Columbia and the Yukon. It's impressive that these eagles know exactly where to come and when to be here. Now, winter can be a very stressful time for eagles. That's what's happening with these birds. They're just coming into winter. Fish and other foods can get scarce. Starvation can kill up to 50% of young bald eagles. So this pair of young bald eagles just across the stream from me are facing one of the big tests of their life as this winter comes on. Now the adult bald eagle has flown off and these two young ones are here sort of traded places and the one that wasn't feeding before is now bent over that salmon carcass. I imagine I can see about 200 bald eagles from where I'm standing right now. Another one just flying over flapping its wings perfectly silhouetted against the white ridge of mountains and reflected in the river as it drifts by. During the winter, I'll often see bald eagles chasing seagulls. That indicates that they're hungry and they can't find other food, so they're trying to catch a seagull. Once in a great while they do, but it's very, very rare. Usually the gulls elude them. Some bald eagles migrate south for the winter months, especially the younger ones. About 80% of the migrant eagles that end up along the British Columbia coast or even all the way down as far as Washington are young birds. Of course, in interior Alaska and interior Canada, they have to migrate because the waters freeze and they've got to go somewhere else in order to find some reliable source of food. The big coniferous forests along coastal rivers are very important for bald eagles in the wintertime. Those trees, those evergreen trees, provide shelter from the cold and stormy and blizzardy weather. Also, the eagles spend a lot of time roosting. Why do they sit in these trees? I can see bald eagles in the distant trees, probably a few dozen of them perched there, very still, very quiet. All the rest out here sitting quietly on the sandbars. They're doing that because they're conserving energy. So it's very important for them to have these roosting places. Now, if all goes well, a bald eagle in the wild can live for up to 30 years. Most eagle deaths are somehow related to humans. They're electrocuted by touching power lines. They're hit by cars or trucks, especially while they're eating road kills along highways. They're shot by thoughtless people or by poachers who sell the feathers and talons. Eagles, of course, are totally protected by law in the United States. It's illegal to kill or harass a bald eagle in any way or to possess any part of an eagle, except, of course, for Native Americans who are permitted to use these parts for sacred or traditional purposes. People who kill bald eagles can be fined up to $10,000 and or they can go to prison. It's a very serious offense. In fact, there's a standing $2,500 reward from the federal government for anybody who gives information that leads to the arrest and conviction of someone who kills a bald eagle. 
Toxic pollution has taken a massive toll on bald eagles, especially in the past when DDT was a widely used pesticide. This would accumulate in the prey that eagles ate, and then the bald eagle was taking in a big dose of this lethal pesticide. It would kill the bird directly, or it would make the shells of their eggs so thin that they would break under the weight of the parent bird. Incidentally, on the subject of pollution, an estimated 900 bald eagles were killed by the toxic effects of the Prince William Sound oil spill in 1989. About 50,000 bald eagles once lived in the lower 48 states. By 1972, when DDT was banned in the U.S., there were only about 800 breeding pairs of eagles left in the country. Today, that's up to 6,000 breeding pairs in the lower 48 states. The only places where eagles are found nowadays near their original abundance here in Alaska and next door in Canada. The biggest threat to eagle populations now is loss of habitat, expanding towns, neighborhoods, road building, industrial development, clearing of land for agriculture, and clear-cut logging protection of nest trees and the surrounding forest, this is absolutely essential if you want to maintain healthy bald eagle populations. Bald eagles are still listed as an endangered species outside Alaska, but they are clearly gaining ground. They're a textbook case of a wild species that's responding well to protection from shooting, from the cleanup of toxins, and from preservation of their natural habitat. In fact, bald eagles hopefully will soon join the very tiny handful of species that have been removed from our endangered species list. Standing here by the Chilkat River today and seeing eagles everywhere, eagles close to me here just across the stream, eagles farther away, eagles sailing through the sky, eagles perched in the trees, eagle nests in the distance. It's amazing to know that from 1917 until 1952, Alaskans were paid to kill bald eagles. There was a bounty. In later years of that bounty, the state would pay you $2 for each pair of eagle talons that you brought in. That resulted in 128,000 bald eagles killed in Alaska. I can remember when I first came to Alaska in 1961, people were still grumpy about the fact that they couldn't collect a bounty for killing bald eagles. They say, hey, they used to pay us to kill them. Now they're protected. What's going on? What's going on is that our attitudes have changed profoundly today. Local people here in Alaska never tire of seeing bald eagles, and of course the tourists never tire of snapping their photos. You know what? I met two guys today who have come here all the way from Holland. They said, tell people you met two guys that came that far to spend one week just to see bald eagles. Don't ever take it for granted. Well, the Alaska Chilkat Bald Eagle Preserve is a beautiful living monument to our national bird. It preserves about 48,000 acres of land along the Chilkat and Klahini and Sirku rivers, and it protects this amazing concentration of eagles and the salmon run that may be a vital part of the eagle's yearly cycle. Over the years, more and more people have also gathered here each fall to witness this convergence of eagles and salmon and to immerse themselves in these spectacular surroundings. I have just behind me here fresh fox tracks, the ravens, the eagles, the mergansers, the other kinds of ducks, the gulls. Just this morning I came across very fresh brown bear tracks in this magnificent preserve. What an extraordinary thing it is. 
For thousands of years, Native American people and Native Alaskans like the Tlingit Indians who live right upstream here in Klukwan have carried on traditions of deep respect for the bald eagle. The spiritual power of the eagle is embodied in feathers that are worn in the hair and in headdresses, in exquisite eagle design crests and other symbolic art. And for all of us today, the bald eagle symbolizes the beauty of wild America and the freedom that we cherish so deeply. Bald eagles also symbolize something extremely important, the rewards of committing ourselves to protect and to restore our natural heritage. In the company of eagles and eagle watchers along the Chilkat River near Haines, Alaska, I'm Richard Nelson. And I want to say a very special thanks to Irene Alexikos and Ben Kirkpatrick for their help and hospitality. And thanks to you so very much for being here with me. I'll see you next time. Encounters is a production of the Island Institute and KCAW in Sitka, Alaska. This program was written and narrated by Richard Nelson, edited and produced by Lisa Bush, special consulting from Ken Fate, theme music by Outback. Encounters is funded by the National Science Foundation and by the Kenneth Johnson Family Foundation, the North Pacific Research Board, and Robert Osborne, Jerry Tone, Martha Wyckoff, and Sue Cohn. For more information about the show and to hear podcasts, go to EncountersNorth.org.